Hey, it's Angelique again. Even though I just released an episode Friday, I thought we should do a little mini pod, a mod, if you will, because last week, the second ever CCPA settlement came down. So while I was working to put the Andy Dale episode out, which I hope that you enjoyed, and thanks for your feedback on socials, those of you who did, um, I was also working behind the scenes to try and pull this together very quickly. And so I went to someone who um, I knew would know all about it and, in fact, had been posting about it on LinkedIn. And I asked for a very quick crash course in what happened and why it matters. All right, for the context around here, as you remember last week, DoorDash will pay a $375,000 settlement for allegedly violating multiple consumer privacy laws. California Attorney General Abanta said that after an investigation, he found that DoorDash had sold California customers' personal information to a marketing co-op without providing notice or an opt-out for those uh, customers. Um, so in a statement, Bonta said, I hope today's settlement serves as a wake-up call to businesses. The CCPA has been in effect for over four years now, and businesses must comply with this important privacy law. In a statement, DoorDash said that it ended things with the marketing co-op involved back in 2020 and that it's pleased to have resolved this year's-old matter. It also said that this whole thing was the result of a single incident involving a vendor four years ago, the same month as the CP- CCPA went into effect. Um, so the big thing here, though, is that this settlement calls into question what constitutes a sale or a share under CCPA. Because DoorDash shared the data with a marketing company in order to benefit from tar- targeted ads that that marketing company would there then share. Under the CCPA, if there's an exchange for value, that's a sale. So. Um, the tricky thing is, is that is if DoorDash had had a service provider agreement in effect with the marketing co-op, this may have been technically legal. So what does this all mean and what should you do? In this episode, my old pal and former colleague Omar Tene talks us through the important details and riffs a bit on what that means for organizations like yours moving forward. What should you do? I love cases like this. Interpretations of the law and how we get there is the stuff that fascinates me about this space. It's all like, yeah, you said that, but what you mean when you said it? And that's like every relationship I've ever had. So here's a quick hit mini pod on the latest CCPA enforcement action and a bit about Omar's wolf woofs, but otherwise we stayed laser focused. Okay, hope you enjoy. Love you. Talk soon. Bye. How are you doing this morning? Great. Thank you. In typical Omar fashion, you needed to push our chat slightly to take a meeting and then got off that chat earlier than you thought and said, all right, I'll be on in two. And Angelique was outside taking her dog potty and could not jump on in two. But, um, you know, such is life when you when you uh, work with Omar. It's, you never know what's going to happen. I did reciprocate with a photo of my dogs who were not at all interested in going outside today because it's raining. Oh, I didn't get it yet, but I'll look. How is Mish Mish and what's the other one? Pippa. Pippa. How are the babies? The babies are great. (laughs) (laughs) I always love getting you to talk about them because you just light up like a small child. It's very adorable. (laughs) The treasures of my soul. I... I, t- I told Daphne yesterday that I think with Pippa, it's like my heart was extracted from my body and is embodied by, like, a poodle. 
<laughs> she, she's like all heart and soul. I know. I remember you were kind enough to invite me over for dinner one time when I was uh, this summer or no, this October, I guess, when I was vacationing with my family in Rye near where you live. And I still have video of you dancing and clapping um, at the introduction to your dogs, which I, of course, sent to my privacy nerd friends to enjoy. And uh, I sometimes just replay it if I need to feel happy because it's just... And I think at that time you were also telling me, like, they're not human. I mean, they're not dogs. They're humans. They're humans. They're, they're AI. <laughs> um, they're always up for, for a dance or for anything cheerful, which is really what's nice about them. It's so nice, especially when you're doing all kinds of work, like some of the stuff we're going to talk about today, which is this new CCPA DoorDash case. And, um, I wanted to get your thoughts on it because it's exciting. It's only the second CCPA settlement that we've seen. And so it always sends a little ripple through the industry to look at, you know, what's the trend? What can we take away? Are they doing something? Were they doing something that we're still doing that we need to not be doing anymore? And I think that looking at your LinkedIn posts, there's um, a fair amount to to kind of tease through here. So first of all, let me just get your general take, if I could, on um, the case and its significance. I know you said that, you know, obviously when Sephora hit, it was a a steeper settlement um, in terms of the monetary amount. And you had said, you know, Sephora, we talked about for a long time. DoorDash, yeah, we're talking about it now, but it's not going to keep reverbing for months and months. Why did you say that? The only reason I said that is that, as you know, it's been 18 months since uh, Sephora landed, and we only had that one to talk about. I think um, the gap between mm, enforcement action number two and number three is going to be much shorter. Uh, uh, in fact, the Attorney General has announced some broad sweeps with respect to HR data, with respect to streaming services most recently, and uh, C- CPPA, the uh, California Privacy Protection Agency, is now active. So I, I just think we'll see many more enforcement actions in the near future. Okay, so let's talk about some of the similarities Um Sephora got in trouble for allegedly selling data. DoorDash, similar situation. As you know, in your uh, LinkedIn post, Sephora had third-party trackers with a do not sell link um, on its site. DoorDash shared data with two marketing co-ops and um, also did not have, did not the AG alleged give consumers the opportunity to know about it or opt out of it. Um, but you say that when we talk about selling data, the selling or sharing here, or the sharing isn't an obvious sale in the conventional sense. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so first of all, I think we should preface everything we're saying with um, the fact that both of these cases are not litigated, they're settled which um, means a couple of things, really. One, um, that the facts are alleged, um, because typically in a settlement, there's no admission of wrongdoing, but the defendant accepts some 
obligations and and both of these cases are fine. Um, Second, it means that we really kind of have to, you know, look through the tea leaves to figure out what the issues are, what's happening here. Typically, if a case is litigated um, to conclusion, then the court does that work for you, and the court really tells you what the uh, what the law is. Here in a settled case, what you're trying to do is decipher what is it really that the enforcer, in, in both of these cases, the California Attorney General, um, is focusing on what do they consider to be a violation of the law, and what can we, or in my case, our clients, do to try to uh, steer away from trouble. So uh, 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 with this, um, you know, allegedly DoorDash, like Sephora, sold or shared personal data uh, of users, individuals, consumers, uh, for the purpose of cross-context behavioral advertising or for targeted advertising. And under California law, the CCPA, this means that you need to, A, disclose this activity in your privacy policy and now post-CPRA also in a notice at collection, and B, let individuals opt out if they want from the sale or sharing. Um as you said at the start, Antolik, the fact pattern is a bit different. Um, Sephora had 30 third-party trackers on the site. The attorney general asked them, like, these third parties, who are they? Do they have service provider agreements? Sephora probably couldn't um, prove that. And therefore, the attorney general concluded that it was selling data to those third parties. DoorDash, a bit different. It contributed data to a marketing co-op, which facilitates cross-brand analytics and advertising, um, typically at an SKU level, so they can really focus on specific inventory or very granular sales. Um, And... uh, you know, it doesn't seem to be the case, or at least it's not alleged, that DoorDash provided data in return for money, right? Uh, we don't know or think that iBehavior, which was the co-op, uh, paid for data. But the Attorney General is asserting or alleging that there was some consideration or benefit that DoorDash got in return for sharing the data. Otherwise, why do it? It's a business. And that benefit under California law basically renders this um, a transfer for consideration or a sale. So basically, Um, DoorDash shares the data with this marketing co-op, and then that marketing co-op gives DoorDash insights that will ostensibly help DoorDash market to its customers in a more strategic way. Right. And I have to say, I don't know, you know, don't don't, don't want to talk about iBehavior specifically, 
but but as far as we know, perhaps they also facilitate the actual placement of ads. I don't know this. So there was actually a second post on LinkedIn, uh, which included some inside baseball between me and my friend Alyssa Hutnik, who is great leader, partner at Kelly Dry, and the real you know savant and expert about um, ad tech and digital marketing about the question of whether ad measurement and frequency capping analytics, activities like this that come short of actual targeted advertising are also considered sale or sharing for cross-context behavioral advertising. We like to short-form this into CCBA. Um, or... Are those activities different and distinct from... Uh, this is a hugely consequential issue for many companies in this space who like to think that ad measurement doesn't involve a sale. Alyssa thought the um, uh, settlement order, not the complaint, but the order itself, implied that it might be a sale, and I wasn't so sure about that. I'd, I just thought it didn't kind of answer this question one way or another. Do you think that, I mean, if we're now calling into question whether analytics can get you in trouble under CCPA, um, isn't that something that the AG would later want to expand upon to say, like, listen, you know, we do sometimes these settlements to get people, you know, to punish bad actors, but also to spread awareness among their peers in the industry of, like, this is an acceptable practice and this is not. So I know investigations in a settlement, not everything comes out. But do you think the AG will come out and clarify this? Because I have to imagine a lot of firms are like, wait, what the heck? Yeah, um, great question, Angelique. And in a way, it's like the $64,000 question here because a lot of people are trying to figure it out and scratching their heads and trying to kind of uh, tiptoe between the raindrops in contracting and in business practices. If you look at the IAB MSPA, which is the um, trade, you know, the biggest trade group in this space, they have a multi, um, uh, multi-party, multi-state agreement that is supposed to um, basically delineate what a sale and sharing for CCBA is or isn't. Uh, in order to bring everyone in the data supply chain into compliance, their current interpretation is that you could ostensibly be a service provider or a contractor while um, at the same time um, providing admin measurement of or analytic services as long as you sign a service provider agreement and don't actually share data for targeted advertising or for creating uh, uh, cohorts or um, advertising segments. So that's uh, the, I urge anyone in this space who's uh, contracting or trying to negotiate an agreement uh, to look at the MSPA as, you know, a data point of what kind of the market is, uh, although, of course, not everyone agrees with it. 
Um, the AG hasn't clarified this point in guidance um, or rules. And as I said at the outset, in a way, until this is litigated to conclusion, we probably won't know the answer um, for for sure. Uh, Alyssa thought, Alyssa Hutnick, that uh, the fact that the order alluded to measurement in the context of sailor sharing meant that the AEG does view these activities uh, potentially as sailor sharing. I responded saying that if you look at the language in the order, it actually uh, specifies a couple of sections in CCPA which talk about uh, the service provider or contractor agreement. Or in other words, I think that if um, you enter into a contract uh, for these activities while adhering to the service provider agreement requirements in CCPA, it probably will still be considered a service provider activity and not a sailor sharing. But again, I'm you know at the end of the day, only a court can uh, is authorized to give like an authoritative interpretation of the law. Uh, I'm not so. I- Naively, when I hear these settlement agreements, I think that the case is closed. You're saying there's more to be litigated here? No, oh. this case is closed oh, okay. because it was settled. Okay. But um, the you know the underlying legal question around whether some of these activities are or aren't a sale. Um, will still be litigated, and perhaps even in the same context, you know, the specific co- co-op um, that uh, DoorDash used um, had many other customers, business customers, uh, over a thousand, I think. And as far as we know, you know, the AG could uh, perhaps go after others, who kind of use the same business model and practices, and they might choose to challenge even the depiction of this practice as a sale in the first place. So, you know, as long as cases aren't litigated, the the, um, legal position is not fully um, sort of solid um, at the end of the day. I gotcha. Okay, thank you. Um, you know, to me, what this case demonstrates or illustrates is what it really feels like we're trying to do right now. And I mean, have been trying to do, but especially lately with the FTC's kind of crackdown on data brokers, especially, is to get a grip on this whole ecosystem that we have in ad tech. And, you know, I think it's confusing a lot of the times because it's not forward facing, like consumers aren't seeing what's happening with all of these data sharing and selling agreements and all of these partners. Um, and it sounds like, you know, when I read that DoorDash, like Sephora, allegedly, this is from your post, allegedly, failed to cure uh, the violations within the cure period, I thought, what? Like, you got noticed that you are in trouble and you didn't fix it? Like, what? Oh, my God. Like, you're just asking for the headlines. 
Um, and then I realized that um, further down in your post, you say that the AG granted that DoorDash had stopped selling the PI of California customers to marketing, marketing co-ops and had instructed that all of its California customer data be deleted. But at that point, the data was already shared onward with third-party data brokers and couldn't practically be traced or retrieved. Um you you quote the complaint saying that DoorDash could not determine which downstream companies had received its data so that it could contact each company to request that it delete or stop further selling the data. Um, so this feels like a big problem because like a lot of companies, even if they're going to look at their practices now and say, oops, we better put some agreements in place to make sure that we can't get nailed for this. Like maybe, you know, what's the saying? The cat has left the bat. No. The ship is not the ship has sailed. There's like a there's like one that's more like uh the horse has left yes, the stable thank and, you. and they met they met the cat on the ship. Yes. Um, thank you. Look, um yes, Angelique, I think the um, um kind of the advice, the, the upshot for uh, people reading this and thinking about their own practices is um I, I mean, there are some things you can solve for and some things that you can't, right? If this implies that the entire advertising ecosystem and kind of data brokerage writ large is uh, faulty or illegal, then, you know, people probably can't do much about that. However, I think there is a more practical path here for companies who are still in this space. And it is to tighten up their uh, contracts and the data hygiene and their supply chain. And, you know, it's not impossible to do it. They um, could have a contract with the co-op or with any counterparty who accesses their data that limits the use and certainly the onward sharing of that data with any other parties for, you know, just your own uh, purposes and uses. So so the third party is, is, is really a service provider and not um, at liberty to propagate the data kind of down the chain however they choose. Uh, the Attorney General actually mentioned audit rights and said um, it's not enough to have this in a contract. You should uh, maintain the right to actually audit your uh, counterparties or your service providers to make sure that they comply um, with with the agreement. So, And then, you know... Uh, the other sort of um, thread here and the other kind of bucket of solutions is to have um, more transparency about your data sharing practices included in your notice app collection and in the privacy policy. And if you think you might be selling or sharing, then give individuals an opt-out. At the end of the day, the CCPA is an opt-out law. It's not opt-in. It does so. It's not very burdensome in this respect. Just let people uh, say that they choose not to do it. And in fact, there is like an anecdote that the um, uh, complaint mentions about a specific user who really wanted her data to be 
uh, opted out and probably, you know, couldn't achieve that. And I think this really demonstrates the fact, like, usually the opt-out rates aren't very high, but for people who are, you know, mindful and focused and concerned about it, uh, then let them do it. The last thing I will say is that the cure period is no longer a thing under CCPA. You probably remember this, Angelique, but uh, uh, CPRA, um, once it came into force in January 2023, the ability to cure under CCPA lapsed. Um, It is, though, still um, a right that defendants have under other state laws. Uh, but not in California. So this was still settled under the old regime, but today uh, under CCPA, you wouldn't have the right to cure anyways. You got to be on your game now. You uh, you better post those notices and check those vendor relationships and have those audit rights because they're not going to come to you and say you did a naughty thing. We're going to give you some time to think about it, maybe make some better decisions and come back. Like now you're just on the hook, yeah? Exactly. All right. That's all I got for you. Do you have anything else to add? Did I miss anything? Have a great weekend, Angelique. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you for your insights, Omar. I appreciate you. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.